0: Either. Uh, oh, mine says recording now. <laughs> there it goes. Now we get stuck. So oh, Zach start over. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> I won't use we, um, jump the jump this. Time. Oh, no, it was great.
2: <laughs> we are a refined operation. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Catholic Nerds Podcast, your primeval source for quality Catholic nerdery. This is Scott Smith, Colby Allen,
2: Mary Reed,
1: and Cody Reed. And we have a special guest tonight, Zach Mabry from the Roman Circus Podcast, and from the greatest movie of 1994, it's not Forrest Gump, it's not Lion King, it's The Little Rascals. (laughs) Welcome to the... To the podcast, Zach. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So, um, we're all dying to ask you questions about um, Little Rascals, but uh, I, you know, we know that you've probably been asked about that before at some point. So, we'll <laughs> maybe maybe a few times, but <laughs> I mean, ask away. <laughs> so, my question, um, I think. Um, in my extensive research for this uh, podcast I remember you saying that your favorite thing about the movie was going to eat hot dogs every day Oh man that's so funny <laughs> when did I say that um, I, I okay so
0: I as a kid and actually as an adult uh, am a I have a, a very limited palate like I don't eat <laughs> that many different foods okay but it was really bad when I was a kid and so when we'd be on the set they would be serving these like amazing meals and you know steak and lobster and all this <laughs> stuff and then all I would eat every day was like boiled hot dogs and they had to cut the ends off where like you know the, like the, the, <laughs> where the they're joined <laughs> yeah and and the thing is, is the first time they did the hot dogs thing I think they grilled them and so there were like charred bits of it and I, I like freaked out so I, I was a very <laughs> finicky eater with like um I was really averse to textures and that kind of stuff, and so
3: um, yeah,
0: I was all about the uh the boiled hot dogs.
3: I guess that's a question about a kid's movie. You think they put out a spread the the meals will be tailored towards children, right
0: well, I mean the other I'm pretty sure the other children were all about the fancy foods, yeah I mean not yeah being, you know I mean steak, like how get sure. to be to love steak,
1: <laughs> yeah, so like I mean president Trump Trump showed up at some point, right. <laughs> Like, yeah, so must- at the time he was not... I don't think anybody at the time
0: thought he would ever be President Trump, but we did. I mean, we got to meet him.
4: See, we
1: still
3: I, don't I,
4: think he'd be President I, Trump in most cases. Let's be
0: real. I know, seriously, like, with the State of the Union, it's it just like, you look at it, and it's so funny, because you're like, it's so funny that Donald Trump is, is like, literally right? the President of the United States of mm-hmm. I mean, every time I see it, I'm like, surely this has been a joke all along, right? Like, this can't... like it
1: isn't real but it, it is see i have this uh you know real not real conspiracy theory that you know real, he's not real. not not, <laughs> not mitt romney but the real manchurian candidate you know getting in all our movies as kids right you mm-hmm. know home alone 2 et cetera, et cetera. that was his ploy all along to get elected <laughs> to get stuck uh. in our uh,
2: <laughs> it was a long game
1: it was a long, long game. Yes. That the citizens
3: predicted. <laughs> it's
1: like, wait, notice how you say I think "long that's game" and not
3: part. "long con," right?
1: No. No. <laughs>
4: oh. um, but I, I, I wanted to ask you, uh, and you probably gotten this question a couple times. We know it wasn't actually kitty litter, but what was in that sandwich?
0: Um, potato chips. <coughs> potato chips.
4: Crunch. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Okay.
0: <laughs>
2: so you did eat something besides hot dogs.
0: Well, no, because be I wasn't... Oh, it that wasn't was, a uh, crud. Right, it was okay. <laughs>
2: Confession time. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Little Rascals.
0: Really? Okay, that's funny. It's weird that, like, a lot of Catholics haven't seen it. I don't... I guess I mostly know Catholics, so, so maybe a lot of everybody hasn't seen it. But I always like when I meet people who haven't seen it, because I'm like, okay, so, like, you're... <laughs> you have, like, Completely a different Completely
2: ignorant of... Yeah... <laughs> Mm -hmm. A a perspective of ignorance, yeah. I think I was an only child, and I was obviously a girl. You think so? You think think, you're an only child?
0: (laughs) (laughs) This isn't even my show, and I'm being sarcastic and (laughs) Oh,
1: no, please.
3: Crank it up. I believe,
2: yes. I believe that there were no other children being hidden in other parts of the house. But uh, I think there was like a perception by my mom that it was kind of a boys' movie, and that's why we never watched it. I'm really not sure, but we just never... We never saw it, and here I am, twenty something years later, still suffering the ill effects of <laughs> not having <laughs> seen it.
4: And, that, and that's a topic for another day. Is uh, her, her movie selection when she yeah, was growing mom's. up? Her mother edited <laughs> movies
0: for my her. My
2: mom edited Disney movies so that they wouldn't be traumatizing.
0: So Wait, like, example- like from Friends? Like, was it like you'd watch Old Yeller yes. and you would like, okay, the yes. end.
2: Yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> like, no, it, it like, dies.
2: like when get when to the see whole like the first thing. thirty
1: seconds of Bambi and that's it.
2: Yeah, basically, no, literally, literally, because she would, she would, Yeah, no, I uh, need
1: to hear examples.
2: She would, she would copy. Because you can make copies of VHSs, at least, okay, hopefully the yeah. statute of limitations has run out <laughs> if this is incorrect, but what we were under the impression of was you could make personal copies for your own personal use, so she would make copies of VHSs and just skip over
3: <laughs> huge <laughs>
2: parts, so like The Little Mermaid, Ursula makes zero appearances in my version <laughs> of wow. Little Mermaid, What? none. None, so it goes from like her being in the like trove, seeing the statue of Eric, and she didn't want me to see the father coming in and being angry and blowing everything up or <laughs> Ursula or any of that. So it, all of a sudden, boom, she's got legs. She is on the sand on the seashore and ready to go. And we just skipped everything that led to that moment, you know, or like Cinderella's dress getting ripped up too violent can okay, that's
0: that is that that is pretty violent i mean it you know that it is i mean the mice had just made it um well
2: there's a
0: there's an, an app for that now called vid angel um yes and it yeah. does literally you can like decide what to filter out and so uh so does my, it work and i love it is, yeah it you no know, it's work? really good yeah like my the main thing we liked it for was well you want it, it used to be cheaper and you could get movies faster but then too you could edit out like blasphemy and stuff which is nice because it, right. it would just mute <laughs> the sound <laughs> and so, I like how we just say well,
2: was, no, so nonchalantly like blasphemy
4: edit out blasphemy <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well yeah I was like trying to you know I mean but then it would go into pretty like there were so many categories because it would break it down into like <laughs> oh
1: no you know like language violence
0: <laughs> yeah and then it would be like yeah I mean it was just it was just all sorts of funny. Um, but yeah, and then you can set your preferences. But so, I mean, basically your mom was the original VidAngel.
1: It's wow. true. Wow. It's true. <laughs> can you use VidAngel for, uh, like, streaming?
0: Yeah, so what they did, I mean, not. I guess I, I don't have any affiliation with them. It's owned by Mormons.
1: <laughs> this They're podcast is sponsored by VidAngel.
0: <laughs> by the the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, In a
1: Mormon tabernacle so, choir.
0: <laughs> um. And the Book of Mormon, so we're going to keep going. Uh, no, so what it is now, because they got in trouble for the way that they were distributing movies, even though their argument is that it's legal, oh. is now it actually kind of sits on top of um, other streaming services. So you can link it to your Netflix, I think, or cool. uh, Amazon Prime, and then you pull those movies into VidAngel and you filter those. Oh, so the okay. only catch is you have to subscribe to Netflix and pay for a subscription to VidAngel, right, but right. then... You know, I mean if uh, you know if it's if it's about your eternal soul, you know,
3: why not? Sure.
1: <laughs> this I is a game we're... changer. Now I can finally watch like The Punisher with my wife or all those Marvel shows on Netflix. <laughs> so the movie would be all of 20 minutes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically the length of little mermaid. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, we
0: we did uh, we did Star Wars Return of the Jedi and we we filtered out the bikini scene because we thought, okay, let's be let's just filter it out. And it literally just skips the whole beginning. I mean, wow. it, it, oh. it kind of like it only skips when it's on screen, but that cuts out so much. So you right. you're like, wait, did Jabba the Hutt die?
3: So uh, <laughs> Who, he strangled yeah. to death. Who did this? What well, is interesting because I know when uh, PureFlix.com came out, um, mm-hmm. I thought about subscribing to them, but not to say this is like in a in a mean way, but like they don't have that many great movies. And so like, yeah. this, their service itself is is an awesome concept, but you know mainstream movies are just not there so fit angel like you said being able to filter out unacceptable scenes Arts. from yeah. yeah it's yeah it's a different kind of an interesting concept
0: yeah and i mean i think it's good i've always thought like you know we put a lot of fuss into like what we put in our bodies food wise so i would think it'd be good to just be like aware of what you're consuming you know other ways right. too and so you know
3: so right. i wonder if i, I wonder. could put it. So I used to do, um, like, mentoring in high schools and stuff, and I'd always, you know, do talks with these kids in in high schools and teenagers to talk about, you know, concepts from movies. So I'd be like, how many of you have ever seen this movie? Okay, great. If you haven't seen it, don't see it. But here's an interesting (laughs) point about that movie. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. We do that on our podcasts a lot.
0: Like, don't watch this movie, but there's this one scene.
3: (laughs) I was like, one of my favorite movies to reference for kids is uh, Eight Mile.
0: Oh, I never okay confession. I never saw that.
1: Oh, you stole my confession!
0: Don't don't see it. I wouldn't
3: recommend seeing it. But there no, are man, definitely some... you and I are the only ones that've seen it. <laughs> oh my gosh!
1: Yeah.
3: Um, but like one of the concepts at the end of the movie is about being vulnerable. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. it's about rapping, right? So like, well, the the final rap battle. And I've talked to with kids <laughs> about confession, right? To try to get kids to go to confession, or to like, how do you combat the enemy? but like, the end scene is you know rappers always trying to tear down the other guy. So like, you know they're trying to tear him down for all his weaknesses. Well, the way he wins the final rap battle is he raps about all his own weaknesses. And so when it gets to the other guy and it's his turn, he literally has nothing to say about him. Um, so he's trying to use that as like an image, like, you oh, know, like when you right. acknowledge your own weaknesses, the enemy has nothing on you. So, you know, um, cool. but how do you tell a high schooler, you know, Hey, here's this really interesting concept in this movie, but don't go watch it. <laughs>
2: right. Yeah. Just watch the last scene of
1: Which yeah, yeah. the whole last <laughs> Mom's scene <spaghetti>. would be.
4: <laughs> mom spaghetti, that's all you need to know.
2: <laughs> you see now I'm wondering if this is what mom has been doing in her spare time is like sitting in a little box <laughs> uh, watching. She's the like, vid angel. What- yeah. <laughs> Your mom could <laughs> like- <laughs> have been
3: a vid angel and been million. Wow.
2: Yeah.
1: Bam. And she's
2: just been keeping that from us. All the secrets
1: (laughs) So I basically had Vid Demon as a child because uh, My (laughs) My family uh, I I had basically, Mary and I Are about the same age, I think I'm a little older And uh, My mom just, we had HBO And you know, the the premise was That they didn't show anything terrible in the mornings But that was a lie (laughs) Because I mean, I watched all Kinds of stuff growing up like you know, Scro. Like I was, you know, quoting Scrooge pretty much uh, more than a Disney movie. You know, by preteen years, Scrooge, like the the Bill Murray one. Yeah, exactly. Is that bad? Not that. That's <laughs> bad. I haven't
0: seen it in a long time, but I mean, like I probably was, I don't know, five when I saw it the first time.
1: I mean, I, I think less. I I probably had some nightmares about the little rat poking golf balls out of the you know uh, Marley's ghost kind of character.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah,
1: but you okay,
0: yeah, yeah, okay. I was like, wait, is that super inappropriate? To call my parents <laughs> yeah. up. It's, it's, it's it really funny so how guilty. we watch
4: movies when we we're younger, and then we watch them again when we're older with adults eyes and ears, and we're like, "Holy cow!" Yes, or like,
2: or like when we thought it would be a good idea to invite a priest friend to watch Pitch Perfect with us, and we're oh. like, "Oh gosh." You, that you was see a movie, bad with, idea. Com, although he enjoyed it thoroughly, but <laughs> yeah. like you see a movie with completely new eyes when you watch it with a priest friend
0: than when yeah. you don't. <laughs> so, so confession. Yeah, we. Oh, oh, let's hear it. Now.
3: No, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: I was in, the other night we were watching the Super Bowl and we had a, a priest with us and we. Um, somebody thought they were they were trying to explain to him who cardi b was and so they went to <laughs> cardi b's instagram and i was like just never ever do that he was pretty funny about it but uh, yeah awkward, nice. <laughs> awkward
2: moments with priest friends that could be a new segment
1: Boom! Yeah. awkward
2: moments with priest friends
1: well y'all went bit. to disney with uh father brent right oh, we yes. did Yep. Yeah. but I want to hear
3: Kobe's confession
1: yeah I want to hear
3: that <laughs> yeah. oh no okay so let's talk about seeing, seeing movies with different eyes so I remember in high school it was when Superstar came out
1: and what? we watched oh, it
3: yeah. um, so it's like the SNL kind of skit with Will Ferrell and what's the other lady's name I uh, can't remember anyways but I remember that movie for some reason in the context of being similar to Napoleon Dynamite where it was just a goofy comedy. years later I remember sitting down, and we were having a family movie night. And I was like, hey, let's watch this movie I remember watching, you know, a while back, and it was so good, with my parents. (laughs) Oops. And about, yeah, about 15 minutes into it, I'm like, yeah, let's not do this. It's not a good idea. (laughs) This is not the way I remember this movie.
1: I tried showing my wife, uh, like, all the John Hughes movies that, you know, I, I think anybody born, like, 1990 and, you know, after... Maybe didn't get to appreciate as much. Uh, like we start watching Breakfast Club, and I couldn't believe how much uh, mm-hmm. how much they cuss in that movie is crazy. I'm surprised I didn't, you know, pick that up more as a kid, or maybe I did. and I just blocked all that out. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> you mentioned Father Brent going to Disney. Yeah, and this isn't really awkward, but it's just a fun story, real fast. Is that so you when you go to Disney World, they give you different buttons to wear that say like first time or something (laughs) like that, you know. So they gave Father Brent one that said, I'm celebrating and you could write whatever you wanted. (laughs) So he wrote the mass. I'm celebrating the mass.
0: (laughs) So that's amazing.
2: So so we're passing a worker and he wasn't wearing his his collar or anything. Uh, He was just wearing like a T-shirt and shorts or whatever. And he passes a worker at Disney and they're like, oh, what are you celebrating? And he says the mass because i'm a priest and there's just this silence (laughs) and she's like looking for something to say so he starts to walk away and as we walk away we hear her say peace be with you
1: (laughs) (laughs) and with your spirit
2: (laughs) he did he said i'm with your spirit so anyway that's like the most that's that's the main thing that stands out to me from that experience it wasn't really awkward or anything but it was pretty great Perks of having a priest at disney world
1: I thought you were gonna say he abbreviated celebrating to "I am celibate." <laughs> yeah. I know that's was <laughs> that. That, that. that would have been good. That would have been good.
2: <laughs> now we have to take him back. Yeah,
1: do done. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So round Z- So Zach, I wanted um, since this is kind of a podcast about nerding out about things in a Catholic sort of way, more or less. What um what are the things you nerd out about?
0: What are the things I nerd out about? Um, I, I don't have like a medium. I'm usually they're completely clueless and uninterested in something, or a total nerd about it. I don't have a lot of medium topics, so. Um, but like specifically Catholic stuff.
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, so,
4: it can be Catholic. I well, I nerd out about comic books uh, and video game type stuff. Nice. Like, and and not just Catholic comic books. I do try to do some exegesis
3: with it, but. So basically anything. Anything,
1: yeah.
3: Because I do economics or business type stuff. So, yeah. Anything that grabbed your attention?
0: Yeah. Well, so, um, currently, I'm really big on um, stuff to do with the papacy and the Vatican. I used to have a pretty bad attitude towards the the Holy Father. Um, And lately, I've been, that's not the case anymore, and I've been reading more about, you know, how the Vatican operates as a city-state and the history of it and um, it's really interesting, kind of the, the exterior manifestations of the of the Holy See and, and what's going on there. So that's been my latest topic. So I'm reading this book called, uh, or wait, I'm not supposed to say what I'm reading yet,
1: right? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, we're conflicted now. <laughs>
0: uh, I, I've like to, you gave me like two instructions and I totally blew it. Um, <laughs>
1: just, just go, man. Just, just go. go ahead. Go so the it. book
0: I'm reading is called uh, Papal Monarchy. It's by Dom Prosper, Garen and it's uh, it was published in the 19th century, and it uh, kind of around the time of the first Vatican Council. But he does a good job explaining kind of the role that the Pope plays in governing the Church, because we we talk a lot about like you know theology and is he defining something infallibly, but separate from that is just his authority to govern the affairs of the Church. Um, and so it's fascinating to me to understand how this works, especially you know, the way that the church relates to nations and, and all of that. So, um, that's what my nerdy topic is, is that, which is, you know, I, I feel like that's almost as nerdy as you can get with Catholics up, But I could be wrong. Um, <laughs>
1: it's, it's pretty nerdy. Yeah. I read a book not long ago. It's, it's probably not as, you know, cool as that. This one's a little bit more on the pop culture side, but the Fisherman's tomb. Yeah. Um, uh, about, you know, the archaeological digs that took place, like funded by the Strake family from Houston to uh, find St. Peter's body. In the 40s? Right, right.
0: Yeah. Okay, that's... I Sorry, I don't want to take over your... Co- well,
1: no, I no, actually... I am really
2: excited about that.
1: I bring that up because I think I, uh, Mary had a connection, uh, wanted to ask you about a certain part of your conversion that dealt with that. Okay, that's why I got excited, so... Sweet. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. yeah.
2: So we we saw in an article we read about you. Not that we were reading articles about you, because that would be creepers. Be so weird, but
4: <laughs> I know. Right? <laughs> hey, confession, it wasn't me.
2: It wasn't him. It was me. <laughs> um, that we saw that you had done the Scavi tour, which we had also done a few years ago when we were in Rome and really blown away by it. And um, it sounded like it played a real big role in your conversion experience. And so, we yeah, know, I mean, you could tell us about that.
0: Sure. I mean, I, I had an interest in the faith because I'd been to Mass with uh, my grandmother before, and there was, you know, Catholicism kind of had this appealing aspect because it, you know, it, when I would read about it, I'd see, oh, this is so logical and so consistent, like this is this is interesting. Um, but, you know, I didn't really see it as something that I was going to become a part of, mostly just something that I, you know, I could appreciate, but I was going to, you know, stay Methodist. Um when i was studying abroad we did the the scavi tour and we're we're going underground and and basically i mean that once we got there where the you know the glass there's that chapel if you've done it um and then there's behind that there's like the big glass and you can see the like the graffiti tomb and all that yeah i mean i'm just kind of standing there and I'm, i'm thinking okay well here's you know peter simon peter from the bible I mean, here's his body, and he was, you know, clearly in Scripture, you know, placed over the church by our Lord, and so if I want to be in the church that Jesus started, I have to be in the church, you know, that that Peter's in charge of, and so being there and realizing, you know, upstairs is his successor, and, you know, we had walked past uh, this giant plaque that, you know, listed all of the previous popes from Peter through, at the time, it was Benedict. Um, and I, I just kind of realized, well, I need to, I'm going to have to just get over my qualms about Catholicism and my hesitation. I, I obviously have to join this.
1: Yeah. So yours was yeah. sort of an intellectual conversion more than, which I think is, to me, that seems like the rare, you know, as opposed to like an emotional conversion.
0: Yeah, I mean. You know, my emotions are none. Of, no good decisions have come from my. Uh, my emotions, so <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't have happened. But yeah, no, it was interesting because I didn't. Um, I, it's not like I had a. I mean, I, I did have Catholic friends, and my friend that was with, studying abroad with me became my sponsor. But um, ultimately, there wasn't anybody out like asking me to become Catholic, and so I always think about that that nobody could have. Convinced me to do it, but then once I was going to convert, nobody could have convinced me not to. But it was it was kind of, uh, I you know I didn't have anybody like invite me to. Hey, why don't you become Catholic? I kind of called the parish myself and was like, how do I, how do I join? I'm I can't go to rcaa I have a class during that. But what do I do? That's so. interesting
3: because actually one of my questions was, what would be your introduction moment to Catholicism? Um, so like I said, you went to mass with your grandmother, but would you say that that moment was kind of like your you're just kind of aha moment where it's just it kind of started from there. And yeah, I mean there was no or... turning
0: back once I because I mean, the we also I think that our professor had lied and said we were pilgrims so that we could do the Scavi tour. I'm, I'm I'm not really sure, but <laughs> the the tour guide led our class because it was just an art history class. Um, led our class in the Our Father there at the tomb of Saint Peter, and I, I bought the book that they were selling about the the digs. But I mean, after that, there was just I mean, it just was very clear to me. I've got to do this. And it was, you know, almost in just a factual sense of like, well, I mean, quite literally, this is the church founded on Peter. Um, And, you know, they can prove this. They've they've got a body. Um, So, (laughs) yeah, I mean, there was no turning back after that. There was a, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was excited at first. And then there was some hesitation of like, I don't want to be Catholic, or I don't want to be
1: I don't, you know, <laughs> anything just, but I'm that. I'm really get into something here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I, I looked for any out I could take. Like, could I become Episcopalian? That's respectable. And, well, I mean, it, it just <laughs> <was> like <laughs> yeah, uh, and it. I mean, it just kind of came. There was no getting. There's no stopping it at that point because I mean, I was just convinced um, by the evidence that this was the church that Jesus had started, and so everything else. Um, is, you know I'm gonna have to just come to terms with it
1: yeah sounds like y- your will is um less fallen than other people's because it's 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 awesome that you know you're you could decide on something and your will would just follow you know that I wish that was the case with um <laughs> with all of us you know? You know, with
4: every decision made yeah. yeah
1: I mean there was a lot
0: of I think there was a lot of grace because i I can't seem to to Get that level of uh, follow through with much else. But I did become Catholic after deciding to
3: become Catholic. So you mentioned awesome. being Methodist, right? Mm-hmm. So would you um how long of a period was since you know you had that moment to you either went through RCA or you know you had your moment into the church to confirm?
0: Um so it was May twenty eleven when I was in the Holy See and I came to the church the following Easter. Wow, so pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, I kind of... I mean, I didn't start RCIA in the fall, and I thought I was going to have to put it off another year. But when I... uh, Over Christmas break once, you know, school slowed down again. I was like, no, I've got to do this. Let's do it. So I I called up a priest um, while I was home and got his advice, and he said, for the most part, RCIA shouldn't be a barrier. So if you can't go, talk to a priest. They'll find some way to do it. And so then when I got back to Norman... Um, I went and talked to the priest, Father Goins, um, at the parish there, and he, he's like, yeah, if you can't do RCIA, let's. That's you know, Norman, I can work with you one on one, and we can bring you in at Easter.
1: Norman, Oklahoma, or.
0: Yeah, yeah, I went to the University of Oklahoma.
1: Oh, you went to OU? Cool. I went to. Uh, I lived in Edmond and went to high school up there.
0: Where? Which Edmond
1: North or which one? Ed, oh, wow, you know uh, Edmond Memorial.
0: Okay. Yeah, I don't know if I knew. Most of my Most of my college friends went to Edmund North, actually.
1: Wow, that's crazy. And the other crazy yeah, thing. Yeah, I knew all
0: about Balto Week.
1: <laughs> yes, and we had Swine Week, you know, where the teachers yeah. all kissed pigs if you raised enough money and stuff like that. Yeah, that was, wow. that's good times, yeah. <laughs> that's exciting. <laughs> hey, that's, that's, you know, that's. No, they that's would raise, you like, guys would raise like six figures. Oh, yeah. Like, well. Cool. I mean, my year, so that was 2000, like, um one and two thousand, we raised like two hundred thousand I think and then it just kept going up and up. Actually the the year after I graduated, uh the senior prank got on Letterman because they threw like raccoon scent into the uh lunch area and it created like this uh just this mob and riot. It was insane. But Wild and crazy times. We did not know this about you, Scott. We're going to talk about this later. Well,
4: (laughs) oh. We'll have to rethink some things. Seriously,
1: yeah. That was all confession, too, so I fulfilled that part of the show. (laughs) Um, Zach, you said this all happened. The Scoppy tour you took was May 2011, right? Yes. So that's crazy because my wife and I, we were married May 20th, 2011, and then went to Rome, Right after we were, um, what's called the spousy novelli that, you know, we kind of sit in our little special section on the dais. And with, you wear your you, wedding dress and stuff? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I was, you know, with Pope Benedict and we got the papal blessing. It was super awesome. Um, but that you'd think being, f- all of us are from, from Louisiana, right? You think that, um, being from Louisiana, Wearing a suit or wearing a wedding dress in that Roman sun wouldn't be all that bad, but um, <laughs> they actually had to um, call a, a, a monk-driven golf cart. My wife was actually passing out in that heat. Oh,
2: my gosh. <laughs> oh, my
1: gosh.
0: Oh, wow. Well, I mean, its it was hot when I was there. I mean, I, I like just by walking around as much as we did and how hot it was, I, I think I lost like 15 pounds on that trip.
1: And like, you wow, do a lot of walking. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, like I had been pretty lazy before that. Kind of <laughs> school, So I mean,
2: so right at that same away. time, yeah, right at that same. same time, Cody and I were like, basically just getting to know each other on the trip to to Medjugorje in Bosnia. So I don't know, I just think it's funny that all these things were happening at the same time. Yep. In that one month. What were you doing, Colby? May of, <laughs> <laughs> May of think, 11,
3: yeah I think that was the last month of my missionary year with the diocese
1: Oh, that's cool, mm-hmm, cool. Yeah, so I
3: was finishing up the missionary year in Homa And then moving to Lafayette, like the next month Cool yeah. Excellent.
2: Not as cool, but cool
3: No, definitely not as cool <laughs> <laughs> I was walking away from the church at that time Oh, <laughs> <No worries. laughs> Yeah, we're touring Nice Well, that sounds awkward <laughs>
2: Yeah. which Colby Col- we haven't mentioned that you're also a convert no faith. sure
3: actually oh. one thing I want to share so I'm also a convert so a little bit of your story I will not say very the nice the intellectual aspect of it was fairly similar but um, for me it was a study of history uh, mm-hmm. growing up Southern Baptist um, and then in high school that's one reason I asked you too like the time frame in your conversion because mine is a little different in that uh, I first encountered or had my introduction moment when I was 16 um my father grew up Catholic, and so when I went to talk to my parents about it, my dad had the attitude of, been there, done that, and I don't want you to do it. Um, and so when was for, this? This was 12, no, 14 years ago. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so, but I was 16 at the time, so my, my parents were, you know, me being a minor, not quite on board. Um, so I had to wait two years to go to RCA. Um, the whole time, you know, joining my friends with their, their Life team group and, and going to different conferences. But uh, one of the good parts of the story was when I actually was able to go to RCA, my mom and my brother joined me. Uh, so it became our conversion oh, wow. story. Yeah, so my whole family, actually. My mom was one of eight children. My great-grandfather was a Southern Baptist French missionary that paddled up and down the bayous in South Louisiana to start Baptist churches. Uh, so to say that... You know, Southern Baptist roots run deep in my family is, uh, is actually <laughs> wow. kind of an understatement. My grandfather is actually still a Protestant minister. Um, however, six out of those eight families have all converted or reconciled with the church. Wow. Uh, so big, That's a great, I
0: mean, that's, wow. Sure.
3: So, um, and also, like you said, like, not actually go through RCA. So actually two of those families um, did not go through RCA, but either had eight family a special concession for their confirmation uh, or my aunt actually just got permission from the bishop and the priest in their parish she did like a few classes and was able to be confirmed um, nice so yeah it's, it's an interesting but mine was you know not really a profound you know tour of the Vatican but more of a study <laughs> of history and looking at my Protestant pastor and say well where is your link to the primacy of Peter it's not quite there so we need to figure out where this is coming from you know
0: I mean, some of them act like, though, they basically say that you had these, like, you know, fully Baptist groups, but they were just being constantly persecuted by Catholics. But it's funny, because so much of Protestantism is wrapped up in, like, ideas from, you know, the Renaissance and the Enlightenment and all that. And you're like, you do know that these thoughts hadn't been invented yet, right? Like, (laughs) there's no way that you... But, you know...
1: Have, uh, Zach, since becoming Catholic, um, so, so that's like, what, 2012 or so, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, have you encountered any, uh, like, external resistance? Have you, I guess persecution's a hard, is a strong word in, you know, America, these, you know, um, but have you experienced any negative aspects of being Catholic from non-Catholics? From non-Catholics specifically? Well, I guess, yeah. It could be within the church, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I mean, the, I think the deal with that is that non-Catholics maybe um, historically had, you know, were pretty fervently anti-Catholic, obviously because they split off. So it, it all started from one conflict or another. But uh, I feel like now there's, um, especially in America, I, I, I don't think that there's a whole lot of... Uh, of teaching being passed on in Protestant circles. And so I'd never really encountered the, the serious anti-Catholicism from non-Catholics. However, um, I will say that Catholics tend to be somewhat hostile uh, about certain t- Like, I guess if you, when you get really excited about the faith, um, I think Catholics who are lukewarm take that negatively and they can be kind of hostile to it. Right. To try to put that as diplomatically as possible.
1: Oh, I think you succeeded in that, whereas most of us usually fail in that regard. When this podcast airs, it will be the Mardi Gras season, basically, for us here in Louisiana. Woo! (laughs) Mardi Gras being, you know, as Uh, the rest of the world rightly calls it, the day before Ash Wednesday, right? The focus maybe should be more on Lent than Mardi Gras, but... um, have you have you ever been down here for uh, Mardi Gras? Not for Mardi Gras.
0: I came down uh, summer of twenty ten, um, and had a great time. But it was uh, it was summer, so it was it was not super crowded. I mean, we, we still had to go out, and I, you know, I tried the uh, hand grenade drink, which oh, I yeah. love. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, wait, hold on. Just the kidding. Her, the hurricane? No, because it was... No, it was well, a hand grenade, but since this was 2010... i get, um, get you. And Oops. I turned 21 <laughs> in 2011. It was somebody else, like like right? Yeah, it was the person you were with, right? Yeah, it was pseudo. It was pseudo Zach Mabry. Um, <laughs> It's one of those
1: Shirley Temple hand grenades.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was this... Uh, yeah, it was a, a mocktail hand grenade. Um, uh. No, yeah, but I, I enjoyed it. It was um, the... I like basically just the layout. I mean, because like, that's the the problem, not the problem. I mean, I love Oklahoma and Texas, but they're both um, Texas is less so. But Oklahoma, it, they're, they're built in a very um, kind of American Protestant way, where it's a grid. Yeah, whereas land you know, run, Catholic,
1: right?
0: yeah, um, land run, and and really just also the if you notice, like Protestant dominated cultures build these sort of efficiency minded. Uh, you know, it's, it's part of like the Protestant work ethic, almost. And sure. then the Catholic towns, especially throughout Europe and former Christendom, is if you notice, they're they're laid out in this more organic way. So everything may not be straight lines and grids and stuff, but you know, you've got like a church and then these open piazzas and then the house. You know, you can w- go everywhere. The so you see a little bit of that in the parts of the United States that were more Catholic at some point. And so uh, New Orleans was one of those and a lot of California is like that in my opinion Well so yeah, the ma- Santa ma- Fe New Mexico is like perfectly Catholic so, the layout not the <laughs> yeah.
3: so I definitely know that it's like the major cities here are mostly centered around the cathedrals it's yeah. so like the heart of downtown mm-hmm. is usually either the cathedral or the cathedrals within a few blocks of the courthouse and the other you know major municipal buildings um, yeah, yeah no I definitely echo your sentiment because like being in business I travel sometimes to work and I'm always amazed with the difference in either commercial layouts of, like, commercial districts within Louisiana versus other cities. Um, and actually, I kind of like the way it is another other cities sometimes because it's a lot easier to navigate. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, I definitely I get what you're saying about the perspectives and how the, the you know, just the towns are laid out.
1: Yeah, I think the, um, you know, one of the points of having not so much – the steeple that's but the you know the cathedral being the tallest building in town for you know most of western civilization till the you know skyscrapers and bauhaus came around but a fun
3: story about being tallest building sorry i don't want to cut you off oh you're
1: good i'm just rambling So, (laughs) so some friends of mine
3: we just took a trip to mexico city back in july and one of the things we learned so has anyone been to mexico city or no no. I've never wow. been. Okay. In so our dreams. It is it is Confession. There you go. <laughs> I'm catching on. It's extremely dynamic in that like there's this very beautiful aspects of the city next to the slums. But one of the things that caught my attention was the cathedral, the Metropolitan Cathedral. So in Aztec culture, right? Um, basically to tell the either the chieftain or the high priest of the one that you take over, kind of a middle finger gesture, is to build your temple higher than his. Nice and so what they would do is over generations um some of them once they conquered that area, they would build their temple on top of the existing temple, right
1: and their temples already pretty tall, like their step pyramids, right
3: yeah, yeah, so get this so in the in the downtown in the metropolitan, there were generations of seven temples that were built on top of one another once the Christian missionaries came in, what they did was tear down those seven temples and build the Metropolitan Cathedral with those stones. Wow. Only a few feet higher than the previous temple. That's awesome. And so it's kind of like this major, like, just just impactful statement of, like, we're tearing down everything you've already built, and we're building something ex- way more beautiful with those stones. Oh, and also a couple feet higher.
1: <laughs> it's, like, even it's better than better. the Pantheon. <laughs> I mean, it's right there, too.
3: So, like, it's the ruins of those temples literally next to the metropolitan cathedral
0: it's interesting because you can kind of see um God working through history in the way that certain cultures like the Aztecs certain things about their religious practices at the time that the missionaries arrived were sort of prepping them for hearing the gospel um just different aspects of of sacrifice and blood sacrifice um We had a priest that used to preach on this pretty well, and it's interesting because he he explains it in a way that makes you kind of understand and appreciate sort of some of the more diverse practices that exist before a a place is um, evangelized. Is that there's always some tie-in that they've already held to that that makes it them ready for the gospel right about the time in history when when it arrives. Sure. pretty cool.
3: That was a good point, because even, I think, our, the image of Our Lady Guadalupe is supposedly the most impactful image of evangelization in the history of the church.
1: Definitely.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I think the, they said, like, 10 million Catholics in Europe left the church to become Protestant, and 10 million, um, 10 million people in Mexico entered yeah. the church or, or, right. in pretty short Yeah,
1: time. I think, yeah. yeah, 9 million. Yeah, pretty much right there. And then it's still the... Like at least in the Western Hemisphere, maybe in the world, the most visited holy site—not just Christian holy site—really, yes, which is crazy. I didn't know that. Just so crazy. We were there. About.
3: I would say it was the off season, but we were just like a random day in July, and uh, it was packed. I mean, it was insane. So I can imagine on holy or feast days, you know, what it's like <laughs> to do.
1: So yeah, I'm, I'd love to see it
3: one day. I'm looking. It's at, it's, it's an experience. I'd definitely recommend it.
1: So yeah, I confirmed uh, it's the third most visited sacred site in the whole world. Wow! And another another interesting thing because yeah, I mean we could have a whole podcast on Our Lady of Guadalupe. It's just one of the things I learned recently. True that. <laughs> was that um, the the tilma? The way that the uh, image is on the tilma on, a, you know, because the tilma is that rough uh, fabric made of cactus fibers. Um, the way that the image sits on the tilma, um, depending on your vantage point of you know how close you are to Our Lady and what angle, she'll shift her ethnicity. Oh. She'll shift from wow. being either Spanish-looking or a native Aztec-looking, like a native Mexican-looking because uh, it, as and that was meant to be sort of a wedding of you know the two cultures that were having a lot of conflict together so she's trying to bring them both together with that which is right. you know mind blowing right and then wow, um, i i um, never heard that mm-hmm. yeah it's ba- it it's mimicking like you know how like the carapace of a beetle like a beetle's shell like it has that kind of iridescent color quality when you when you look at it from different angles it's basically doing that which you cannot do an artist cannot create that you know using natural means
4: wow. and our lady of guadalupe uh, if, if i'm not mistaken and i could be mistaken uh is, is one of the only images of mary one of the only visions of mary where she comes where she's still pregnant yes yeah uh, signified by the black uh ribbon above her her waist yeah
1: uh, that, that, uh, that i think represents uh that she's a virgin. Um, which you know she, she's pregnant and she's wearing the virgin belt from the from as from the Aztec society, but also um, they've had like OBGYNs look at the way she's standing, her posture, and mm-hmm. measuring the circumference of her belly. Uh, they're able to predict; they're able to estimate what would be her due date, and so our lady Walupe—that's December. Um, 12th or 13th? 12th. 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 So she's due in just a couple weeks based on the image. So what does wow. that tell you? You know? That's like one one way of confirming the Christmas birth of Christ. Interesting. Cool.
4: Wow.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Like, right. I, mean, I didn't know any of this. I mean, I, I was... Our Lady of Guadalupe is one of my favorites, but I honestly didn't know a lot of these... Uh, these things yeah all kinds of stuff it's
1: pretty cool I mean yeah it's like every time you go back to Our Lady of Guadalupe you can find out some new amazing miraculous thing about her she's just like the gift that keeps on giving just keeps on giving because
2: they're still finding out new new stuff (laughs) yeah
1: yes
0: (laughs)
2: they're still finding out new stuff about her all the time like research yeah
0: well that's I mean how it goes if you think so she's the the most perfect human person Um, and when she was actually alive walking the earth, nobody knew yeah. her, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. and nobody had any idea that this, this, this absolutely perfect human person um, was, you know, maybe their next door neighbor. And then, you know, 2000 years later, we, we know her more, but it's been such a gradual reveal, even though it is all there at the beginning, but you know, the people that live next door to her probably knew less about her than, than we do.
1: Right. Oh okay. yeah. Yeah. That's a, And that's a beautiful way of looking at it. Cause you know, it makes you just um, look at your neighbor differently, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. Of course, oh, yeah. of course, I live next to Tractor Supply, so that's <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> a little different. Mm-hmm.
2: So, did I see something about that um, That uh, the guy who played Alfalfa also mm-hmm. converted to uh,
1: Paul, Yep. Right.
0: Oh yeah, that's Yeah. So, um Bug Hall was alfalfa. alpha. We actually weren't super close as kids cuz I was the youngest uh little rascal and he was the oldest right. and a 4-year age difference isn't a big deal except when you're right. or no, a 5-year, but when you're 4 years old and 9 years old, that's a, you know, right. it's like a big <laughs> amount of space. Yeah. Um and so we hadn't kept in touch. After the movie, I mean, especially back then when you were four, you didn't have a smartphone like you do now. Um, sadly, but uh, w- and then at some point we followed each other on Twitter, kind of out of politeness, just sort of out of well, yeah, I know who that person is. Um, never paid attention to each other, and um, so I came into the church in twenty twelve. In twenty. 20- no, yeah, 2012. And was it 2014, when it was a year after Pope Benedict had announced his resignation or his his plan to resign, um, not the resignation itself. Um, I tweeted, you know, today's one year since Benedict uh, announced his plan to resign. I, I You know, I don't remember what it was. Something about Benedict sixteenth. And um, Bug retweeted it. And I, I thought he was making fun of me for some reason. Uh, so, But I decided to just kind of be a jerk about it and act like he was being sincere, even though I'm certain that he was making fun of me. So I messaged him. I sent him my, a DM and was like, hey, that's cool. I'm glad that you're a fan of Benedict the XVI. And then he responds, yeah, I was reading a lot of Ratzinger uh, around my baptism last year. and I was like
4: (laughs) he
1: he said the shibboleth of Ratzinger so you knew it was real (laughs) right and so yeah I mean we
0: hadn't had any contact and I came to the church in 2012 he came in in 2013 Um, wow and when this happened in 2014 we found out we were both living uh, in the Dallas area so we we went to mass together shortly after and then we uh, I mean Technically, we reconnected, but we weren't like BFF as kids. So we, we really became friends uh, through this, and you know now I consider him one of my best friends. I was I was in his wedding just about two years ago. Um, wow. Their anniversary is coming up. Remind me. <laughs> On the um, Our Lady of Lords. Oh, nice. But, uh, nice. Yeah, and so it, it's been it's been neat because. I mean, we, we have very different backgrounds, but we do have some shared experiences and then we've both been, you know, being converts. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's been a cool thing to have that connection and have that be kind of what, how we reconnected.
2: That's awesome.
1: Definitely. That's like a crazy convergence that that would, um,
3: yeah, (laughs) well, that's, Providence.
0: I mean I'm telling you like I was in shock that day. I still remember because it was it was during busy season twenty fourteen, which was like my worst busy season. Busy like tax no, season second or? worst. Well, I was in at the time I was doing external audits, so it was like for financial statement reporting. Um which I don't doesn't think have anything we've to mentioned. Do with-
2: have we mentioned your your career not until sure. now? I
0: don't think. Yeah, hopefully not. No, I'm sure. Um, but the, <laughs> we were working, you know, nights, weekends. It was wild, and I just remember being in shock, and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to focus on work. This is crazy. Like this guy, <laughs> you know, was in Little Rascals with me. I haven't seen him in 20 years, and he converted. And at the time, I didn't really have Catholic friends, so you know, I always would go to mass by myself, and you know, I just didn't. I kind of did my own thing. I didn't have. You know, a, a group of Catholics that I hung out with or talked about the faith with. So okay. I would just, you know, watch EWTN and uh, go to mass. So just uh, hang out with it was, Mother and Joe. This is really exciting.
2: I uh, know, like Mother
0: the, and they need to make her a saint. Yes, well, it's no, like I mean. the
2: Catholic Netflix and chill. Like I just EWTN and and chill. <laughs>
0: I know, yeah. I feel bad because eventually you get very tired of EWTN Like anyone I know that's watched it, eventually you stop watching it I think like, And I, I did hit that point Well my aunt watches it
3: just to listen to the Divine Mercy And I think I've never actually sat down and watched EWTN But you're a Dallas now, which is a, a great Catholic hub, right? I mean, because y'all have, um, from what I've heard And experienced some good young adult ministry out there Or also, uh, I used to be a part of Young Catholic Professionals And that's where the kind of started, right? Are you part of that? Yeah, or? we have...
0: Yeah. I am. Sorry, but someone else from... or Is anyone else from Dallas? You guys are all Louisiana? All Louisiana. Yep. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, Dallas has really great young adult um, stuff, is what I would call it. So mm. uh, Young Catholic Professionals started here. Right. And so we have, like, the first chapter, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a member of that. I don't make it out to the activities as much as I wish I did but uh, I do enjoy being a member and going to some of the panel discussions and the happy hours but then the first parish I joined when I came to Dallas was St. Thomas Aquinas and in 2014 they started a young adults group so that summer um, I joined the young adults group there and then it's become this amazing ministry you know one of the people that volunteered to help with it at the beginning is now a full time employee at the parish to run the young adults program I mean they've it's been so successful, um, and it's it's reached so many people. And there've been marriages, there've been you know people finding religious and priestly vocations. And my best friends in Dallas are all people I met through, or not all. I have friends, other friends too. No offense to any of them, <laughs> but like my core circle of friends that I you know talk to all the time, pretty much all tie back to St. Thomas Aquinas, young adults. Um, and so I, I I go to a different parish now for for mass and other activities but I'll, I'll pretty much always stay involved in the sta young adults until they kick me out when i'm no longer technically a young adult but <laughs> what I'll,
3: do they do what this are old adults after that what do they define it as because i know sometimes they don't want to put an age on it because you don't actually want to put people they don't put an age right
4: yeah I, i'm i'm i was part of the uh core team for young Catholic professionals out here in new orleans for two years and uh just kind of finished up our two-year two-year anniversary there um but uh I'm also the young Knights of Columbus uh,
0: coach Oh, the here. extremist Knights of Columbus? No, no. The- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the radical yeah, Knights of Paris. Columbus. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're- I know. I- I'm like explaining to non-Catholics that are asking about. I'm like, literally, <laughs> I've never heard of anything that they do other than pancake <laughs> breakfasts. <laughs> but
1: sure, I'm sure. Evil, evil right. pancake breakfasts. Yeah,
0: evil pancake <laughs> breakfasts. We invite
4: Santa
3: Claus to come. You got to remember that. Them. <laughs> All right, they're bad. And what is um, wait, what, the, the indulgent fried fish dinners on Fridays in London? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: yeah. So, but, uh, so, we, so invite, a...
4: we we defined young adult as like under
0: fifty. <laughs> yeah,
4: that's so, right. <laughs> <laughs> A very... very that's like young. like
0: yeah. that's like for most of human history longer than you lived. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't, yeah. like, no. like fifty, you'd be like the village wizard. <laughs> like I don't even. Yeah, you'd have underlings
1: yeah. by that point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm in the Caseys too, and um, I, or as I like to call them the anti-masonic party. and <laughs> <laughs>
0: I know. See I have, I have masons on one side of my family and it's a it's battle I'm always having to fight. Oh
1: anyways. wow. We recently <laughs> we recently my wife's um, uncle, uh, great uncle passed away and he was um, like me, uh, which I always have to bring this up—a fight in Texas Aggie. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> mm. So we were... I thought we were going to have one episode without it. I was <laughs> no. really excited. So we thought uh, they sent That's us kind nice. of a, a box of an, uh, inherited items, and we were hoping it might be some you know quality Aggie gear. But it was all his <laughs> Masonic <laughs> gear, and we were like, now what do we do with this? <laughs> Do I have to bury oh this? Gosh. Do I have to burn? You know, what do I do with it? Yeah, I'd great burn question. It. Burn it.
0: It's hard because it's sentimental because it's like your family member who you love. But I just decide. Like I just was like, you know, you've just got to. Because I have one of my great grandparents was a mason, and that's what um, whenever I, I bring up how bad the masons are, my dad's always like, "Well, you're talking about Grandpa Dozier when you say that." And so I'm always like, "Well, I just have to." I just have to think that, that in the next life, he's glad that I'm opposing this. and he. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah, when, uh, I don't know if, you, so where were you in Oklahoma? Where did you grow up besides, I mean, I gr- besides Norman?
0: Um, I grew up in Tulsa, or just outside of Tulsa uh-huh, in Brooklyn, I Mero, and then went to Norman once I went to college.
1: Because we, in, in Guthrie, which is, you know i mean granted it is an old state capital right of oklahoma it's like the coolest little town <laughs> yeah they filmed like uh twister there i think
0: but it had nice i tried tried out for twister but they they didn't they got rid of my character
1: so you oh. actually had some scenes or
0: no before it even i mean the part that i tried out for was gonna die really early and then they replaced it and they killed the dad instead so what? Yeah, I wanted <laughs> like when he blew away on the door. That was going to be me. Yeah, no, 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 that, like, that was a part I tried out for. Oh,
1: but they that's decided
0: like to one be too traumatizing. First, that's <laughs> yeah. like yeah. after
2: post. You like, probably didn't even know. Editing...
0: Did I just spoil that for you, Mary? No. You... No. no, no.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no post. Post. My mom editing all my movies. That scene was like one of the first traumatizing scenes I ever saw, and it's not even that bad. But. So it sticks with me. Like whenever anyone mentions the dad blowing away, I'm like, oh, no.
1: Well, another traumatizing scene in that movie is th- the most, the scariest scene like for me in all film is that, you know, right when the Guthrie drive-in movie theater screen blows away, they're doing the scene from The Shining where he's in his mm, big wheel, yeah. you know, going around the hook. The uh, carpeted hotel hallways, and then all of a sudden it's the sisters, right? That pop up right when like the twister blazes through. So I
0: know those sisters are scary.
1: They're, yeah, they're the worst.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't trust twins because of that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, what um, were you uh, because I know you stepped away from um, acting or child acting, you know, whatever at some point. What uh, you were into it for a few movies there? How did that all go down? Sure. So I, I did
0: The Little Rascals and it was kind of... Uh, it was kind of random. Basically, my parents, when they first got married, had lived in Dallas. We were up in Tulsa and they saw that there'd be this open casting call for a remake of Little Rascals. And so the whole idea was just for them to come down to dallas you know see friends and stuff they used to do and then for fun i would try out for this movie and then later they would tell me that i tried out for a movie when i was you know three and a half years old (laughs) and then against any expectation i got the part so you know my mom had just given birth to my brother so he's still you know newborn essentially and we pack up and go to la to shoot the movie um after little rascals there were other movies that came up as opportunities um but my parents had a rule that uh, i could only be in a movie if the movie start to finish was appropriate for my age at the time so you know being five years old i could be in a movie only if the entire movie start to finish was appropriate for a five-year-old um so we would the other parts that I got had things in them that weren't appropriate my parents or my mom and agent would send back okay you know if, you, if you'll cut these things he can do it and they would say well we've got you know a thousand kids who their parents would literally let them smoke a cigarette oh, if God. we picked them so <laughs> you know, oh I, mean, I mean that's an exaggeration but basically for the most part there's plenty of parents who uh, unfortunately just will put their kids in anything So um, we turned all those down, just like a handful of of things. And I kept looking for other parts. And we would go back, and I would do auditions and stuff. But there actually weren't any other movies that I did. I did commercials. um, And then once I was nine, decided I I didn't like... Because we'd go back to Oklahoma. I'd be in school. Then I'd have to pull out of school for a few months Uh, to go to auditions and shoot commercials and look for new movie parts. And once I was nine, I was like you know i don't i don't want to leave my friends i don't want to leave school i just want to be normal so we we stayed home okay. after that
1: yeah cuz uh, spanky was like the smucker's jelly kid for a while right welch's welch's, welch's. that's it welch's that's right i know
0: and that was uh, yeah that was i wish i got my contract that was <laughs> oh, we
1: rick <laughs> i know well we um we're getting to be about that time um any last pressing awesome questions for zach before we before we wrap it up
3: so i got one quick question and this kind of ties into the my what you're reading
1: oh yeah we skipped that entirely
3: (laughs) your recent fascination with the pope have you ever read the book the pope and the ceo no okay so i know you're a cpa right yeah so business-minded you kind of work around business all the time um, mm-hmm. This book called The Pope and the CEO. I read it a while back and actually wanted to start rereading it again. But um, Andreas Widmer was a papal guard, um, Swiss papal guard. Uh, once he finished with that, he kind of went into business consulting. And so he wrote mm-hmm. this very short book um, on his experience with meeting the pope and how like, his experiences and influences being around the pope um, impacted his life within business consulting. Um, Oh wow! It's fairly simple, you know, when it comes to like you know strategy or like that type of stuff. But uh, but it's it's very good. So if you haven't read that, I would recommend it.
0: Cool. Yeah, I'll check it out. I just pulled it up on Amazon, so I won't forget. That's neat. Thank you. (laughs) Is
1: there anyone else? Uh, Well, I guess Cody needs to introduce the uh, (laughs) what you're reading segment. Yeah. So what you're reading? Oh God.
2: (laughs) <laughs> Are we going to explain the reference there?
4: <laughs> I don't know if you've ever watched Phineas and Ferb, um, but it's a play on uh, Isabel's intro every time she walks into the scene uh, and greets Phineas and Ferb with a, do and
0: so we have what to so read. So now we're stuck with this.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: nice. I I've never seen Phineas and Ferb but I I'm, I'm actually maybe interested in watching it now.
4: Oh, there uh, you go. There you go.
1: <laughs> you just evangelize yeah, Phineas and Ferb.
2: Brilliant.
0: <laughs> Boom.
4: One of the greatest kid shows of all time in my opinion.
1: <laughs> so oh. I'm not reading anything particularly Catholic right now. Um, I'm st- well, I'm still reading John Bosco's dreams, but um, I started the Graveyard Book uh, by Neil Gaiman recently. Um, the premise is this boy uh, survives the murder of his family by crawling off, like he's an infant, crawling off into a graveyard. And he's raised by ghosts. And some, you know, less desirables besides a ghost, but it's a it's a pretty cool premise. Um, <laughs> Interesting. It's almost like he goes to purgatory, you <laughs> know. It's almost. <laughs> um, but you know, so that that that's that's what I'm reading.
2: I think that happened to a friend of mine once. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's a it's a household thing. Yeah, I'm wow. I'm I'm
4: I've completely caught up on uh walking dead uh and yes reading not the the move, the show but uh the the graphic novel uh and it's getting so intense um even more so kind of like pitting the idea of uh, this new civilization versus bringing back an old civilization based on the cast system so it's really interesting where they're going with it that's like the Um,
1: alphas and the betas and that kind of stuff
4: K- kind of yeah like basically they're doing it based off of what you were before everything went to pot uh, would determine what you get set up with in this new society uh, and how well off you'll be set up uh, so it's it's, it's interesting um, I'm also uh, working on the uh, Marvel secret invasions uh, which is fun and uh, I can talk more about that later and the hunt for Wolverine
1: Oh, you I love As far
4: as specifically Catholic, I do. I'm excited about the, the new uh, Avengers movie coming out because uh, Wolverine will be there. Uh, I've been working uh, working my way through Benedict XVI's Space Salvi*. I uh, mentioned that last time. John Paul II's Fetus Ratio and Augustine Confessions. But more specifically, focusing on Space Alvi, uh talking about uh, kind of what faith is, is uh, kind of very interesting. Still kind of in the beginning stages of it, um, but it's a lot of fun to kind of parse through. The kind of the depth of what he's saying so anyways that's what I'm reading
2: I've been reading articles about this guy <laughs> named Zach
0: <laughs> there aren't that many but there's like the epic one that, that Teresa did and then I feel like that's all
2: maybe there were two um. <laughs> <laughs> articles slash podcast descriptions <laughs> um, along with some the crunch very,
0: yeah the that, yeah anyway
2: yeah some very thrilling renditions of of the very hungry caterpillar
1: um i feel <laughs> like it's eric carl feminist. right yeah that, we need we're...
2: better feminist representation here
1: <laughs> <than I'm providing. laughs> yeah at least talk about brown bear brown bear seriously <laughs>
2: i know right i have a considerable size stack of books next to the bed that i have every intention of reading, <laughs> reading in the near future um so, yeah, probably the next book I'm going to tackle. That'll be my goal by the next podcast to have started Scott Hahn's uh, Understanding Our Father. So I'm, so I'm putting that out there so that now I'm going to be held, held accountable. accountable. Yeah. Well, that I have you to have something to say.
3: You mentioned on the last episode, right?
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: I mentioned <laughs> that we had it. But, <laughs>
0: but now you're committing to
1: reading it. Right. Exactly. Right? right.
2: Exactly. Nice. So, yeah. <laughs> of
1: Uh, Also, if y'all will uh, pray, ask for the intercession of, uh, you know, any of the above, St. Thomas the Kempis, Louis de Montfort. uh, I'm trying to update. We're doing a Marian consecration for the upcoming men's conference, and I've Uh, been updating the language of, uh, you know, all the readings for the days of the Marian consecration because, like, uh, you know, it's amazing how quickly the these and thys go over a lot of... um, our guys' heads, so um, so help me make sure I'm uh, not butchering the you know wonderful gift that Saint. Louis de Montfort has given us yeah,
0: Absolutely. I love that that's one of my favorite yeah. um, devotions
1: well I have to we'll have we have a series of videos we're doing too so i'll uh I have to send them to you and you can tell me if we've um completely missed the mark <laughs> <laughs>
0: probably not a good judge of that but i'll, I'll try i <laughs> like watching videos you know Videos are
1: good
2: and hey he could come to the the men's conference
1: that's right, right. whenever it, is. It, is. it is it it's uh march 9th so it's always the first saturday of lent it's uh it's this organization we started the men of the immaculata and uh, every year we have a thousand men at well, all we can really do is a thousand because we filled up the largest local church, right? Yeah, <laughs> so we have to go to, like, the Superdome is our next step. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
2: nice. Clearly the only next Clearly off. the yeah. only
0: next option,
1: yeah. right. Yeah, the and that, that not that, yeah. and then... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, not that that... Even though it's the home of the saints, it doesn't count as sacred space. <laughs>
4: <laughs> this is true
1: yeah and so then i kind of mentioned it
0: the book i'm reading is called the papal monarchy um and the time period is uh, just before the first vatican council and there was just a lot of debate happening about what the papacy was about because it was clear to everyone that the the pope was about to be you know deprived of the papal states because of the like masonic revolutionaries in italy um Doing the overthrow and realizing that so much of the understanding of the pope now was gonna that was sort of just there was now gonna have to be explicitly spelled out because what was his role gonna be now that he doesn't have territory you know I mean he had always had this spot that he ruled and now he was gonna be they didn't even know if they'd get to keep you know Vatican City at that point Um, so it's interesting the the arguments about you know how the church is governed and the way, uh, the way authorities divided up and, or I guess the way it isn't divided up, but, um, it's, it's fascinating. Um, and it, it, it puts a neat perspective on today because I think, um, diplomatically, like a lot of Catholics get nervous about Pope Francis. And the more that I, Read about the papacy and the history of the papacy, the more I can appreciate Pope Francis and also not be worried about it. You know, and I, I can enjoy, um, you know, this papacy more. Whereas, you know, for a while I was pretty sour on on how things were going. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I
3: was like, sure, I listened to, I think it's one of your episodes in your podcast where you all talk about um, respecting the office but not the man. Was that in one of your episodes? I don't remember. Well, if it was,
0: and that may have been before, I, I have a, a point on that sure well, do we have time coming kind of yeah it? Go, go for it so so i guess look at the at this way you've got the man in the office so the man being pope francis uh jorge mario bergoglio and then the office is the papacy established by jesus christ you know head of the church um if you do want to i guess just in your mind separate them and rise you know the man is a man um but the office you know it's of critical importance i mean it, it's you know you're you're in the church. If you're subject to the Pope, um, you're, you're in kind of this gray area at best, if you're not subject to the Pope. Um, and, you know, think about how much respect an office like that. I mean, you know, the president of the United States was established by the constitution. The, you know, the ruler of any country was established through, you know, this and that. I mean, the, the papacy was established by Jesus himself. So, you know, you know, separating it thinking about how much you owe it will then realize there's no practical way to separate the man from the office so you can't you know say oh i'm only genuflecting to your office i don't like you i mean so you can intellectually separate them for the sake of of realizing how important the office is and then realize that there's no practical way to actually separate them so um and there is a lot to really like about this pope um but it's also important to to understand the importance of the papacy and that you know what i would tell people who are strong critics of of pope francis is that let's say the next pope is the exact pope that you're dreaming of um if you've spent your whole if you spent francis entire papacy tearing down the office to get back at jorge bergoglio um your, you know, super pope that's your perfect choice is going to have to spend his whole papacy gaining all that territory back. So it doesn't make sense for Catholics and Catholic institutions to be opposed to the pope, even if maybe they disagree with this or that about his, you know, style.
2: Style. Yeah,
3: it kind of (laughs) reminds me, because, like, I mean, you made an earlier point about how, you know, converts can be a great asset to the church, but also kind of a a thorn and our zealousy for, you know, certain aspects of you know matters of faith and morals because we had an incident here with one of the high schools where there's a group of I wouldn't call them friends, I would call them good acquaintances <laughs> um, they're all converts and there were some discrepancies with the leadership of the, the church and they were very vocal about you know either their oppositions or their concerns, quote unquote, with the new papacy and, and it caused some hiccups with the, the leadership within their schools and their teaching positions um, and they actually ended up losing their jobs because of it. It was fairly traumatic um, wow yeah but again it's like kind of like you're saying like you know there is no logical way to really separate the man from the office if that is what the word himself ordained and so and I've seen firsthand as we've talked about you know some of the issues that that can cause and um, you know there's there's
0: yeah you, you have to you have to figure out how to stop being American because <laughs> that's the thing yeah. like it's so <laughs> ingrained in us to like you know, our leaders have approval ratings and we get to vote yeah. on them and they're supposed to represent us and none of that applies to the church and none of that is how Jesus set up the church. Well, and everyone's
3: um, opinion matters. So you have to be listened to, right? Yeah.
0: These are, <laughs> right. This is what have, I was telling people. I said, you know, go ahead.
2: Oh, I was just going to say you have an obligation in the United States to express your opinion, almost. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like if you're not expressing your opinion, you're falling short of your civic duty, you know, and it's not like that. With the right
0: yeah i mean it is it's viewed as like patriotic to to vote i mean that's just a whole nother tangent that i won't get into but um yes yeah, so you kind of have to learn to not be american in how you approach the church and that's where i think understanding how the how church authorities kind of always worked is helpful and i mean you know as converts i think we've got a you got to take the rough with the smooth. So of course we love everything the church teaches and it can be frustrating if it seems like leaders of the church aren't sticking to that, but um, God knows who who's leading the church on earth and, and God's still in charge. Uh, So, you know, the God that told Samson, he can't cut his hair and told Adam and Eve not to eat from a very specific tree. (laughs) Um, is aware that there's a man in white that says things that may drive you crazy, and you've just gotta, you know, gotta go with it.
3: I just trust that the Holy Spirit brings into the, you know, the Spirit of the Church the charisms that are needed in the moment. Um, and again, it's just, it's just trust. And, and
0: yeah, yeah you- and I tell people if you want to be negative, just think maybe this has been God's inflicting this on yeah. you to, to teach you something. <laughs> you don't even have to. You, you can find all sorts of ways to come to. To grips with it,
2: because life is just too good. So God had to, you know, things were just going so great otherwise that there right. had to be something
0: a little extra. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, <laughs> shave a little time off. I territory. would tell people, <laughs> yeah, that we, you know, we get the uh, we get the leaders we deserve, and God makes sure it's of true. it. And so, if you are criticizing the leaders, then you are saying a lot about the faithful. And, um, you know, when when people were complaining that the Holy Father wasn't defending the truth on you know this topic or that topic. Well, you know, they were very used to John Paul II maybe being vocal on this or Benedict XVI, but nobody ever backed him up. So, of right. course, eventually we would we would get a pope that also didn't want to be the only one sticking his neck. I mean, if, if you want to go there, but, um, you know, this yeah. isn't the topic. Sorry to go off on tangents. Oh, See, yeah, I nerd that. out about this this pope
3: stuff lately. No, well, actually, <laughs> I'm super appreciative because even though we've set time frames on this stuff, and stuff, this has been a very good conversation, and I appreciate you joining us. So. Definitely.
0: This was fun. Thanks for the invite. Have me back whenever.
1: I loved it. What are you doing tomorrow night? (laughs) 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 All right. Well, thank you for uh, nerding out with us, Zach Mabry. Uh, We are the Catholic Nerds. Scott Smith, Colby Allen, Mary Reed, and Cody Reed. Please do subscribe to this podcast and share it with all your friends, Catholic or not. Uh, And. Remember they would have gotten away with it if it weren't for those meddling kids or the little rascals. Good night folks. <laughs> <laughs> Still working on that ending. <laughs> and clap <laughs> Loved it. Loved it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>